Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Well, welcome in. Fresh off the Expo weekend, and we're back at it here on the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Thanks to all of you who are tuning in live on our YouTube channel. Have subscribed, hit the bell notification if you have not done so, so you get notified whenever we have new content available to you. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater. I know what you're thinking. Hey, it's Wednesday night. What are you guys doing on a Wednesday night? Well, we're two a week until the season starts, and then we'll be three episodes a week. And I'll, just to run you down on what the schedule this year is going to look like, I know it changes a little bit each year. We're always doing something a little bit different. This year, we're going to have three live episodes a week during the season. We'll have a recap episode, a preview episode, and then one episode where we'll have Brian Scott of the Injury List Podcast on to talk about injury inquiries. And that same episode, we'll have Chaz Florida on from Sports Betting Weekly, and we'll just talk about everything betting on the NFL. That'll be on Thursday nights at 9.30. The preview episode, which is going to preview every single game, is going to be on Wednesday night. So that's going to be our longer episode. So if you want to get your questions in and everything, that's going to be where to do that. We'll be breaking down that episode into a bunch of little mini episodes for each matchup. So that way you guys can easily consume the information you need to not only be a fantasy football champion, but to also be a profitable sports better because we're going to be doing a 50-50 split this year. That's what I'm really excited for. The fantasy, MD's Fantasy Football Show is going to be transitioning into 50% fantasy football, 50% sports betting because the two go hand in hand anyway. We want to make you a champion. We want to make you profitable along the way. That much more excitement when you're talking about the NFL on Sundays. Oh, also, we'll be doing the recap episode. That's going to air most likely most of the time Sunday night. Now, I say most of the time Sunday night because it just happens week one. I'm actually going to be out for a buddy's bachelor party. So let's prop that recap episode is probably not going to come till Monday. What What's missing from that list? The waiver wire. Don't worry. I'm not going to leave you guys hanging on the waiver wire. What we're going to do is instead of having an episode, because Tuesdays, really need Tuesdays to get all my projections done and everything ready to go for the week. And it's just, it's too hard for me to do a show on a Tuesday. What I am going to do, though, is either late Monday night, early Tuesday morning, if you follow me on Instagram, at MDFF Show, or anywhere on social media, at MDFF Show on X, MDFF Show on Facebook, whatever the case may be, if you follow us there, we'll be putting up graphics to rank our top 
waiver wire guys that we want to go after by each position. So that's what we're going to be doing this year. I won't be including the recap episode. Obviously, the recap episode will be on Sunday. And we'll also be putting out uh, posts about the Monday night recap. So we're not going to leave you hanging. Any notes, any little things like that we see, we're going to make sure you guys are getting all the information you need. But that's just how we're going to break things down a little bit this year. It kind of takes a little bit off my plate while giving me more time to prepare to make sure I'm giving you guys the best information possible. Today's episode is kicking off a fantasy football ADP series. We're going to be talking about quarterbacks in this one, but it's the best, it's the pitfalls, and it's the sleeper. Again, today will be a quarterback episode. We'll have running back receivers next week. I've already confirmed the guests for those two episodes. I can't wait for it. It's going to be Scott Engel of Game Day, Series XM, and Britt Flynn. She'll be on Thursday. Scott Engel will be Wednesday. We'll have both of them on. Britt Flynn, of course, from Fantasy Alarm. Can't wait to have those two on, two people that I met during the Fantasy Football Expo and have already agreed to come on the show. We'll be talking running backs on Wednesday and wide receivers on Thursday. Don't forget tomorrow, we'll be right back here on our YouTube channel, right back on your favorite podcast apps. We'll be talking about a half-point PPR mock draft with our great guest, Dave Hartman, coming on the show. So a lot of stuff I know. But we had to get all that out so you guys are all up to date. It was a long weekend, a lot of developments and all of that. Now, what we need to do is get the thing on the road here and talk about some of our best quarterbacks on the board and where to take them. I think that's the big key when we're looking at this. It's not just who the top five is. The top five is... For the most part, you might find mine's a little bit different. For the most part, though, you'll see that the top five are pretty much the same, just a matter of what order are they in. Now, that just that doesn't go with just with quarterbacks. It goes with pretty much any position. But I do have a couple little differences I think you guys will like, so hopefully we'll be able to get to you on that one. Also, where to take them, because the fantasy football industry has been big lately, it seems, on having you believe you need to take a quarterback early. And mostly due to the fact that last year, yes, there was a big advantage if you had one of the top three quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen. If you've been watching this show at all throughout the offseason, you know that me and you know my brother, when he's been on the show, we have harped on this consistently. That does not reflect what it has been like most years, especially over the past five years. When offensive scoring is up, the gap between the top elite quarterbacks and the 9 through 12 quarterbacks, much smaller than what we saw last year. Scoring was down last year. That was a big key. Most years, there's not a catastrophic gap. And if you're playing in redraft leagues, most of you who listen to the show, watch our content, whatever, engage with us, whatever the case may be, most of you are in home leagues, 10, 12-man leagues, one quarterback leagues when it comes to your redraft leagues. Now, talking about two dynasty guys out there, when it comes to your redraft leagues, that's usually what you're harping on. Quarterback is still the best position that you can find value in late. More so than tight end, especially more so than running back and receiver. It is still the number one position in which you can find talent late. So all that is to say, when we get into our best quarterbacks here in just a second, I am not necessarily looking to pull the trigger on any single one of these guys in the top three rounds. But let's get to those best guys. All right, my number one guy is Josh Allen. Now, ECR, ADP, he's QB2. Not a huge difference there. Obviously, we're talking about one spot. 
why is he my number one and not say, hmm, Patrick Mahomes, who's been most of the people's number ones so far? Well, because Josh Allen gives you the ceiling in the passing game along with the ceiling in the rushing game. Remember, remember, he still had 124 carries last year. That was actually the most in his career. So he didn't slow down in the rushing game at all, even though he kept asking the question, will this be the year? Will this be the year? Some people have asked that question this year. I'm just convinced Josh Allen is what he is, and he's not going to be running any less moving forward. Seven touchdowns. He's never had less than six rushing touchdowns in a single year. He got banged up down the stretch. A new player caller in Ken Dorsey and all of those things led to him not being as successful down the road as he would have been. But remember the last two years coming into 2022, Josh Allen was the number one quarterback. <coughs> Excuse me. Was the number one guy, not Patrick Mahomes, who we'll talk about in just a second. So Josh Allen to me, he's the unicorn because he can give you the elite rushing floor along with the elite passing ceiling. And no other quarterback can do it on that level. So that's why he's my number one guy. My number two guy, sticking with the rushing theme, is Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is my number two quarterback. And again, this is one where I'm pretty much one spot ahead of ECR, one spot ahead of ADP. There's not much to say here, right? Quarterback one in points per game basis last year. Double-digit rushing touchdowns the last two years in a row. They're not going to stop running that play. We've talked about that before. Not only did it not become illegal in the NFL to run that quarterback sneak play, but it's hard as a coach when you have something that's that successful and that crucial of a situation to turn your back on it. I know some people want to ask the question, well, now that he signed the $50 million contract, will they back off? Will they make sure they're not putting him much in harm's way? Because technically speaking, although it's only been a game or here or there, Hurts has not actually played an entire season up to this point. But when you're a head coach and you're in the heat of it and you're trying to win this game, you're in a crucial situation like a fourth and one or you're on the goal line, when you have a play that works that successfully, you don't turn away from it. I don't think that turns away from it here. So Jalen Hurts, I still think it's double-digit rushing touchdowns this year. It's more likely that they'll also have a higher volume passing game this season. Why is that? Well, guess what? They actually have a much tougher schedule. The Eagles are playing a first-place schedule. Last year, remember, they were playing games where they had guys blown out by the first half. They were just playing conservative, second-half football, didn't care. Didn't matter. Didn't need anything. Jalen Hurts is going to have to throw more. 21st strength of schedule for a quarterback. Now, I know you're saying, like, well, wait a minute. If he's playing a tougher quarter, quarterback schedule, does that mean that he won't be able to put up as many numbers? No, what that means is games will be closer I will take the fact that Hertz will have to play two halves of football over him having an easier schedule because the points are still going to be there. The offense is still going to be there. So that's why he's my number two. That's why I got him one spot over Mahomes because he offers a higher floor in the rushing game, or I should say a higher ceiling. Let's be real. And the passing game level, his floor in the passing game one could continue to increase from what it was last year. There's still room for him to grow, but number two is not that far off when you mix in the rushing stats from Patrick Mahomes. Now, of course, I've, I mentioned Mahomes quite a bit. He is my number three. He's most people's number one. I know we're nitpicking here, right? If you took if you took Patrick Mahomes number one overall, uh, or I should say this number one quarterback overall. Obviously, I'm not going to be disagree with you. Obviously, I'm not going to do that to you. But here's what I will say: Why is he my number three? Well. 
previous to last year, we haven't seen Patrick Mahomes finish as the number one quarterback overall since 2018. He had a fantastic season last year and did it without Tyree Kill. But part of it is because Jalen Hurts got hurt and Josh Allen got banged up. Those two guys don't get banged up. Patrick Mahomes wouldn't have finished number one quarterback overall last year. He has an insane floor. You're going to take Mahomes. You know you're walking away. Top four, top three guy. There's no question about that. But he doesn't have the same ceiling because of the rushing of Allen and Jalen Hurts. So if I'm taking a quarterback, and I'm going to be one of the first ones to take a quarterback, because that's what we're talking about here when it comes to these guys. I want the guy who has the biggest ceiling. It's going to be a Josh Allen. It's going to be a Jalen Hurts. Mahomes is one of the safest floors you could ever possibly have. Who's our number four? That's Joe Burrow. Obviously, I don't care about the calf issue. Joe Burrow has made a habit, one way or another, of not playing a ton of training camp, for better or for worse, however you want to look at that. As soon as he signs his new contract, my feeling is he's going to be out there. We've talked to Brian Scott from the Injured List podcast about this very thing, and he does not seem concerned. And if he's not concerned, if Brian's not concerned, I'm not concerned. Plain and simple. 35 touching passing touchdowns last year. And it still didn't feel like it was his breakout season. Remember, Jamar Chase, he missed four of those games. So he was out his number one weapon for a stretch last year. Burrow's a 40 touchdown plus guy. He's got the weapons. He's got the makeup for it. It's going to happen. Likely will happen this year as long as he's back and healthy, which I have no reason to expect not. The offensive line's a lot better. So he actually might have an extra half a second to throw. Can you imagine Joe Burrow and the big plays that, that offense can hit if he actually has an extra, extra half a second to throw the ball? An extra half a second for the receivers to develop their routes down the field? We haven't seen the best of Joe Burrow yet, and he finished his QB4 last year. Yeah, I'm all about Joe Burrow at number four. No, I'm not worried about the calf injury. Number five. That's Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert's my number five. Most people are putting either Lamar Jackson there or Justin Fields there. <coughs> I do like their rushing upside. Excuse me for that. I do like their rushing upside. But Herbert just got the perfect marriage. Kellen Moore. And it's vertical, modern-day offensive play calling. Fits Justin Herbert and the rest of this offense to a T. Way better than Joe Lombardi did. Joe Lombardi turned Matthew Stafford into a dink and dunk quarterback. No wonder we saw Justin Herbert's yards per, per pass attempt to go way down. That's not what they do. Now you have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Now, if even one of them get hurt, you have Quentin Johnson and Josh Palmer there to be the fourth receiver. Now we're talking. So not only does he get the perfect marriage as far as his play caller is concerned, but now he's got the weapons to back up his guys in case they go down to injury, which has been an issue over the past few years, whether it be Keenan Allen, whether it be Mike Williams, whether it be both. So now we have the safety valve. The offensive line should be healthier, too. That's a pretty good offensive line. Remember, Slater went down. That was a big deal. Remember, Justin Herbert had a rib injury last season. That was a big deal. 
all of this racks up to Herbert. I'm looking at him very similar to a Joe Burrow, where you might have 40 touchdown ceiling in your repertoire this year. Now, the one maddening thing about Herbert is that we know that he has the ability to use his legs. He just doesn't. If he ever did or felt more comfortable using him at the goal line, whatever the case may be, we'll see him really spike in fantasy football. Remember, Dak Prescott under Kellen Moore, no issues getting rushing touchdowns, didn't use his legs a lot between the 20s, but they ran some RPO at the goal line. They gave Dak some opportunities. I'd be curious to see if they don't do the same thing for Justin Herbert. So that's why he's coming in at my number five. When I look at Lamar Jackson, I see a guy who has not been able to stay healthy. That's, that's part of the reason there. Also a new system from an offensive coordinator that I don't trust with weapons that are brittle. <coughs> Got a frog stuck in my throat. Sorry about that. Justin Fields. Why don't we have him higher? Well, the main reasoning for that is because we haven't seen him do it. He ran around like a banshee last year, but we have not seen him take that next step as the passer yet. Maybe he does that this season. But I already know what Justin Herbert is. I already know what kind of floor he offers me. And I already know what kind of ceiling his weapons can provide. So that's why Herbert's my number five. Let's talk about our pitfall. So these are the guys that I want to avoid. Or more so speaking, that I am a little bit lower on than the rest of the ECR or ADP, one or the other. We'll go through it. Now, the quarterback position... You know, there's only there's only so many guys to begin with. The rank, the tight end episode is probably going to be very similar where, yeah, there's only so many guys that I'm going to be low enough on or in the sleeper section high enough on compared to ECR and ADP that have guys to talk about. But we are going to talk about a few here. One being Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, I have him ranked at my my QB 24. Right now, ECR, ADP, I, I reflect to fantasy pros on ECR. They have a QB 18. Now, I know Russell Wilson in the regular 12-man redraft league is not going to be getting talked about as a high draft pick. I understand that. But some people are looking at him as a potential boom, a sleeper guy. They want to stream quarterbacks to take one super late. They've been talking about that guy, and I understand why. I understand what Sean Payton and Corlin Sutton and Jerry Judy and, and Greg Dolchich and Javante Williams recovery. There's weapons there. There's a head coach who's competent there. I get the ground the foundation for it, but here's my thing about Wilson. It has it wasn't just last year. It's year and a half now that we've seen Wilson be a complete shell of himself. He gets hurt in the thumb two years ago in Seattle and hasn't been the same quarterback ever since. Not once. Second worst career mark in yards per targets, in yards per pass time, excuse me, at 7.3 last year. Lowest touchdown rate in his career. Second worst interception rate in his career. Worst completion percentage mark in his career last two years. 
Now, I will say this. With Sean Payton there, Sean Payton knows how to cover up quarterbacks. He knows how to hide guys if he has to. He knows how to do that. So Russell Wilson won't be terrible, but from a fantasy standpoint, he hasn't been running enough to be relevant. Does he start running again at his age, nearing retirement? We're going to expect Russell Wilson to start running more than he has the past couple of seasons. That's what it would take for him to be worth, I think, QB 18. Because a QB 18, it's a mid-level QB 2. Which means in a lot of drafts, even in 12-man leagues, even in one-quarterback leagues, he's still being drafted as a prospect, as a potential guy. There's so many other guys, and we'll talk about them in the sleeper section, that are in that territory that I'd much rather take shots on. That is way higher upsides. But who's my next guy? My next guy is Bryce Young. Yeah, I'm not... Yes, I've been on record on this show not being a Bryce Young fan, being pro-CJ Shroud, anti-Bryce Young, whatever, whatever, whatever. I don't care what you think of Bryce Young as an NFL quarterback. If you're looking at him from a fantasy perspective, and it's not dynasty, it's redraft, I don't understand the idea that Bryce Young's being drafted as a QB 19 right now. That's his ADP. ECR QB 24, I can get behind that a little bit more. ADP has him at QB 19. That makes no sense to me. I have him ranked at 30. 30 is where I have my rank on Bryce Young right now in a redraft one quarterback fantasy football league. Really wouldn't be any different if it was Superflex, by the way. He doesn't move up my board as far as quarterbacks are concerned. He's 30. Where's the fantasy upside of drafting him as a, a mid-level QB2? I don't understand it. He's not mobile. He doesn't use his legs. Didn't in college. Don't expect him to do it here. And he's not an overly great athlete in the sense of he's going to be picking up and moving the chains with his legs. That's not going to happen. So you look at his passing prowess. He's a rookie quarterback, number one. And his main weapons are Adam Thielen and DJ Chark. We don't know what we have in a Jonathan Mingo who could be in an overdraft for all we know. And Terrace Marshall just went down with an injury. And even if he didn't, who cares? Terrace Marshall has been a nobody for three years now. The, the ship has sailed. Where's the fantasy upside? Why is he going in front of certain guys we're going to be talking about in the sleeper section? It makes no sense to me. Yes, I compare Bryce Young to Teddy Bridgewater. You're an accurate quarterback with not a big arm, some mobility, but not a ton. Hate me all you want. Hate me all you want, Alabama. Hate me all you want, Carolina. Spade is a spade. And that's exactly what I saw in this preseason game. And I know it's just preseason. But the attributes are the same of what I drafted, what I saw. But I even, like, you put all that aside. I don't care how you feel about this guy from an NFL prospective standpoint. His Fantasy football redraft value this year? Where's it coming from? He's not going to put up 30 touchdowns. He's not going to rush for even 300 yards. So I don't get why he's going on QB 19. I got him at QB 30. Let's move on to my last pitfall quarterback. And that would be Daniel Jones. Now, I do still have him at QB 15. ECR has him at QB 12, ADP at QB 14. There's not a huge gap between my rankings and where he's being drafted and where he's ranked at ECR. But I put him on this list 
because I want to issue a little bit more caution because Daniel Jones, somebody gets talked about a great deal as far as do you want to take him as a top 12 quarterback? Do you want to wait on quarterback to the very end? Take Daniel Jones, be one of those guys that you count on the start. I'm not going to count on Daniel Jones to do anything. There's too many questions about his passing floor, number one, to put him inside the top 12 like he is in the ECR. Last year was his first full season he's ever played. First one. He's actually gotten through the entire thing without picking up an injury and missing games or his rookie year where he came in halfway through. He nearly doubled his career high in rush attempts, which was previously 65 to 120. His career high percentage last year of 67% was largely due to the deep ball being non-existent. Everything was a check down. Everything was an easy throw. 30th in deep ball pass attempts, 15th in deep ball completion percentage. And then we get to the red zone where he had like no attempts. 24th in red zone attempts. Now, what I will give him, and this was one of the reasons why I'm big on Darren Waller, he was very accurate in the red zone. Now, he didn't have a lot of attempts, but he was third in red zone completion percentage. Keep that eye out for Waller on that case. But that's the only mark I see that was a plus for Daniel Jones and his passing ability. He's never thrown more than 24 touchdowns in any given year, and that was his rookie year. People are asking, or telling me, I should say, he had no weapons. That's why he threw for 15 touchdowns last year. Okay. What about the year before that and the year before that? Where he was still averaging less than a touchdown pass per game. So it wasn't just last year. It was 2021 and 2020 where he had 11 touchdowns and he had 10 touchdowns. Didn't play the full season, but still was averaging less than one passing touchdown per game. This is nothing new for Daniel Jones. This is not a prolific passer that they just paid $40 million a year to. Makes no sense. So what happens now they paid him that $40 million? Do they back down his rushing? Because if they back down his rushing at all, where he went over 700 yards and 120 attempts because they just gave him this big contract, it's possible it happens. Or at least happens enough to a degree where his floor could crater. Because he doesn't have the passing ceiling. Even with the addition of Darren Waller, we're still not talking about a guy who's got more than 24 touchdowns in a passing season. So if he does lose any rushing attempts at all, Daniel Jones' value could plummet. So that's my warning. That's why he's my pitfall. Yes, I only have him ranked one spot below where the ADP is, three spots below the ECR. But there is caution there. Now, they keep it up. Dable keeps him going. You know, I don't care if you paid you $40 million. You keep running into the ground anyway. Don't care. Fine, he'll have games. But keep in mind, too, last year, he only was playable in games in which he was playing a bottom 15 defense, or a bottom 16 defense, excuse me, and only seven games in which he had 18 fantasy points or more. So it was still wildly inconsistent and overwhelming most of the time was a guy who was finishing outside the top 12, despite that he finished QB9 overall during the year. Just putting the warnings out there. There's other options to go with. Let's talk about some of those options. Now, I only have three sleeper quarterbacks for you here, too. Again, there's not going to be a drastic difference with the small amount of quarterbacks in general. 
that I'm going to be ranked much higher than than ADP and ECR. But these are the three guys that at least I want you to take a look at. If you're draft, if you're waiting at quarterback position, or you want to take a second one, maybe you took an Anthony Richardson, whatever the case, and you want to take a veteran to go with them. I think you should be looking at Ryan Tannehill, who I cannot believe. So he's like the he's like the reverse Bryce Young for me right now. Bryce Young's getting drafted at QB 19, and I have ranked at 30th. I have Tannehill ranked at 19, and ADP's taking him at QB 29, which makes no sense to me. None. I mean, do we not remember that yes, last year, Ryan Tannehill, not only did he have the crappy play calling of Todd Downing, which I hope we never have to see him call plays again. And he's already called it one too many times. He was also injured. And it was his foot. Tannehill needs to be mobile in order to be effective. Remember, prior to last year, he finishes the QB 12 in 2021. He finishes the QB 7 in 2020. He finished the QB 9 on a points-per-game basis when he first joined the team and took over for Marcus Mariota in 2019. He had seven rushing touchdowns each of the last two years in 2021 and 2020. The big difference last year, foot was hurt, only had two rushing touchdowns, didn't have many weapons. This might be the best weapon crew he has altogether. I know Traylon Burks got hurt, but I talked to Brian Scott. He said LCL, if it's a sprain, maybe he misses week one, but he will be back in the month of September. Nothing to be too concerned about. His explanation was, you know, I'm not a doctor. His explanation was that the LCL is a very strong ligament and that we're not too too concerned. So for most of the year, Ryan Tannehill should, if not the whole year, have DeAndre Hopkins, Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, and Chikakonkwo as his weapons. That's the best group of weapons we've seen Tannehill have in a system, on a team, that he's been very effective in. I think there's a good chance he outperforms my ranking at QB19, especially the ADP of QB29. So keep your eye on Ryan Tannehill. I don't know why the hate has gone this far. My other sleeper. I don't know how much of a sleeper this is necessarily, but he is going outside the top 12. So I put Aaron Rodgers on this list. His ADP is actually at 12, 13. ECR has him ranked at QB 15. I got him ranked at QB 13. Again, these these margins are going to be lower when you get a quarterback position when there's only you know so many positions. Tight ends will probably be very similar. A wide receiver running backs episode next week. They'll have a much wider range going on. But anyway, Aaron Rodgers is on my sleeper. Remember last year, he played with a broken thumb. That had a huge role in what we saw. And if, you, if you're not sure about how big of a role that broken thumb played in Aaron Rodgers having one of his worst years of his career, I just look at the stat of the fumbles. This guy had eight fumbles last year. He had seven total fumbles the two previous years combined. That tells me right away you're having a problem gripping the ball. You're not a guy who puts the ball on the ground a lot and all of a sudden you have more fumbles combined in one season than the previous two. That's a big indication to me that you just weren't not right. 64 completion percentage compared to his average 69. Now, yes, he is running less. And that just comes from being getting older. But I do like the fact that he's there with Nathaniel Hackett. Not because of Nathaniel Hackett, don't get me twisted. He's a terrible offensive coordinator, but Aaron Rodgers now gets to just run his offense, run his plays like he did in Green Bay, where he had 48 passing touchdowns and 37 passing touchdowns and back-to-back MVPs. And before he tried to hit me with Green Bay being a better offensive team, uh, no, they weren't. You had Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Now you have Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall. You had Devontae Adams. Now you have Garrett Wilson. Al Lazard's the same. So, <laughs> the only thing that might be different 
is the Green Bay offensive line was a little bit better. And there have been some concerns right now with the Jets. If you're watching Hard Knocks, you know. But just watching them in general, there have been some concerns, it seems like, in pass protection, and especially with this Jets offensive line at the moment. Keep that in mind. But this is a guy who's removed one year from the MVP season, one year from when he finished the QB6 in fantasy football, and he's being drafted, for the most part, either at the 12 or outside the top 12. He looks elated to be out of New York Jets. He just does. He looks like a new man. He looked like he was just drowning in Green Bay and couldn't be happier to be in New York now. And I do believe that a motivated Aaron Rodgers can lead to big things. So look at Aaron Rodgers one of my sleepers. My last sleeper for this show is Matthew Stafford. I have him ranked in my QB 18. I know I'll talk about a lot of mid-level QB2 guys, but I want to talk about the guys that are going a little bit lower. ADP right now has me going at QB21. It's a little similar to Aaron Rodgers in the sense of we're only a year removed from a top fantasy finish. Remember, he he was top five just back in 2021. The one thing I do find myself targeting in my drafts, especially in fantasy football, especially this year, I'm targeting teams that have play callers that I trust. And I'm starting to see that's few and far between, by the way, as far as play callers that I trust. I trust Sean McVay that he's still a good offensive play caller. Okay? Stafford still is Cooper Cup. Now, I know outside of that, we don't know, we're not sure about the weapons. And I don't want to give him too much away, but Van Jefferson probably going to be one of the guys to talk about on my sleeper episodes for the wide receivers next week when we have, I believe we're having Britt Flynn on for that particular episode. Probably going to bring him up again, just as FYI. But they don't have anything established. We don't, we don't know exactly what Cam Akers is going to be for a full season. Didn't grow great last year. Towards the end, it did. But remember, this guy was about to be off the team by week five. So we got to see how that plays out. Tyler Higby, he could be a volume guy. He's proven that. But he doesn't do a ton with the volume that he receives. So somebody else is going to have to take the next step up. I don't think it's going to be a 2-2 Atwell, although they have talked glowingly about him. My guy would probably be Van Jefferson. And if somebody else besides Cooper Cup can take that next step up, with Sean McVay still calling plays, Matthew Stafford, I think for a few weeks and a few matchups, they will be matchup-based, but I think he can give you top 12 performances. And right now, this is a guy who's being drafted in the 20s. Other guys I want to mention... Brock Purdy, he's on my QB 20. Can he pick it? My QB 21. You know, a couple of those guys. Anthony Richardson's moving up board, so I'm not going to really mention him at all. But Brock Purdy was a top five quarterback in his little stretch. Now, that's not exactly who I expect him to be for an entire season. Don't get me twisted. But this is another guy who's proven with those weapons in San Francisco and that offense and the right matchups, he could be fantasy relevant. He could be a top 12 guy. Who's going for nothing because ADP is still not caught up with the fact that Brock Purdy is going to be fine come week one. He's going to play. He's going to be out there. No restrictions now. We still got three weeks to go. So that's one. Kenny Pickett's another one. Kenny Pickett, while I'm not a huge fan of the talent, he does have the similar enough skill set to a Daniel Jones where I can't roll him out. And unlike Daniel Jones, Kenny Pickett actually has weapons to throw the ball to. So if he uses his legs and rushes around, 
and gets the ball out to his weapons, Kenny Pickens is a guy that I think we will be talking about pretty consistently on your waiver wires and redraft leagues for, you know, for 12-man, 10-man leagues. I could definitely see that being a scenario. The reason I don't have him ranked any higher, and the reason why ultimately he didn't make this list, because I have him pretty much in line with the ECR and the ADP, is because their offensive coordinator is still Matt Canada. And because of that, or Canada, 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 whatever you want to call it. Because of that, though, they still run the risk of being as pathetic as they were last year in the red zone. Because he's been a terrible play caller for the past few years. Why they didn't move on from him, I don't know. But that's the number one reason why I've dampened on the idea of calling Kenny Pickett a straight-out sleeper. But somebody I wanted you guys to at least be aware of. That's going to do it for the show. Short one. This is what happens when you're solo. There's no need to go on for a full hour. You got to talk about quarterbacks. We didn't have as many sleepers and, and pitfalls as you're going to have because just not as many players to choose from. But next week, when we have... Scott Engel, I'll talk about running backs. And we're talking about, you know, at least five best guys, five pitfall guys, five sleeper guys, plus whoever Scott wants to talk about. Same thing with Britt Flynn. When we talk about the wide receivers next Thursday, those will be hour-long episodes. Tomorrow will likely be an hour-long episode plus. We're going to have Dave Hartman on at 930 with a half-point PPR mock draft, continuing to attack those draft strategies now that we're in the thick of August fantasy football draft season. Make sure you guys subscribe to the channel. Make sure you follow us on social media at Billy MDFF Show on X, MDFF Show everywhere else like Facebook, Instagram, threads, wherever. Make sure you download us on your favorite podcast app. And guys, I'll see you tomorrow night.